And we talked about sin. And we talked about that when people decide to live for Jesus, they start doing good. And they want everybody to know about it. Then we explained to her that the water symbolizes that sin is washed from the believer. And when they come out clean, they try to do good. Well, we realized that our explanation needed work when Rena shouted out, Well, why didn't the pastor just spank him? That'd make him be good. <laughs> you know, if we believe that baptism is responsible for changing a person's behavior, then you might wonder, why don't God just spank people? That'd make them be good, amen? But as we will learn today, baptism is only a symbol. Baptism in itself can change no one. Baptism cannot change a person's behavior. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ Accepting the grace of God is the only thing that can change our heart and change our life. Baptism is merely what believers do in response to giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. However, it's a very important response. It's a very important first step in the Christian life. So today... I want to attempt to answer some commonly asked questions about baptism and what baptism means to the follower of Jesus Christ. First question, what is baptism? Baptism is a symbol that identifies us openly and publicly with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, I would like to share with you a little bit about what the Apostle Paul said regarding baptism. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. Therefore, we, he's talking to the believers in Rome, he said, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been made free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, for death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. Say once and for all. Once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in your lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God. 
being alive, alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall no longer have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You see, baptism is a whole lot like this. Baptism is a whole lot like this wedding ring. Both a wedding ring and baptism symbolize a covenant. They symbolize a bond. They symbolize an agreement, if you will. Now, the wedding ring symbolizes my covenant to Janet and to God in marriage. Baptism symbolizes a covenant of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism by itself does not wash away a single sin. Baptism has no magic in the water. It's the same water that we drink. It's the same water that we bathe in. But in this parallel of the wedding ring, if a person refuses to wear one, then it's likely that they don't want to be identified as being married. Amen? Likewise, in baptism, if a person refused to in New Testament times, if they refused to be baptized, you could probably assume that they really didn't want to be identified with Jesus. So on this, we must be clear. Baptism is a symbol of salvation and only a symbol. But like this wedding ring, it is such an effective symbol that we should never, ever take it for granted. Second question. Why do we practice baptism? I mean, if it's only a symbol, why bother? Well, the reason we bother is because the Bible says that baptism is a command. It is a command. Early in the New Testament, we find that the Lord Jesus himself comes to his cousin, John, and he desires to be baptized. And then at the conclusion of his ministry in Matthew 28, Jesus established baptism as the eternal ordinance for his church, and he called every believer to follow in his footsteps. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, in the remainder of that verse, he tells us how that's going to occur. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and goes on to say, and teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you. So, the making of a disciple includes two things. It includes some baptizing, and it includes some teaching. The implication is, friend, you're not a disciple if these things have not occurred. We're commanded to identify ourselves as believers in Christ. Not only that, we're also commanded to learn all that Jesus taught us on how to live. But sometimes in our modernized comfort zone Christianity, we take God's commands far, far too lightly. Would you agree with that? Being baptized, friend, is a command of God. 
and it's not an option. However, and I want you to hear me clearly on this. So if you're listening, say amen. amen. Baptism is not an act God requires for salvation. Did you hear that? However, it is an act that God requires of every believer. Did you hear that? It's not something God requires for salvation, but it is an act God requires of the believer. Not one time will you ever read of an unbaptized Christian in the Bible. Not once. I mean, New Testament believers didn't see their faith as being complete until they had obeyed the Lord by being baptized. I see baptism as our first step. Our first step in obedience to the Lord when we come to him by faith, accepting the gift of God, his son Jesus Christ. So, if I refuse baptism... Regardless of my excuse, it's a clear act of disobedience to God. So friend, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, but you refuse to be baptized, I hate to tell you this, but you are living in open rebellion to God. And with any open rebellion toward God comes consequences. So it's no accident, friend. When God gives us the command to accept his saving grace through faith in his son Jesus, that he calls us to identify with him in a way that makes it very real to you and I. Baptism makes Christ's burial, Christ's death, and Christ's resurrection really real to the one who is baptized. It helps a person, so to speak, participate. They get to engage in what Jesus did for them. They get to interact, if you will, in what Jesus did for them. Third question. Can baptism alone save a person from their sins? Well, let's go back to the wedding ring analogy. A wedding ring does not make you married any more than baptism makes you saved. Anybody can wear a ring. Anybody can wear a, a wedding band. Anybody can slip on a wedding ring and claim that they're married. But that don't make them married, does it? Likewise, anybody can be baptized. Anybody can be baptized without having truly accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But listen carefully. When you're baptized like that, it does not make you a Christian. It does not make you a child of God. It does not ensure that you're going to heaven. It does not make you a disciple of Christ. Baptism in itself has no saving power. Now the Apostle Paul tells us clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, For by the grace of God you have been saved through faith in His Son, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're saved by the grace of God through faith in his son Jesus, not by baptism. Baptism is what believers do in response to receiving the gift of God. 
So it's only a symbol. And being that it's only a symbol, baptism can't change anybody. Only faith in Christ, only God can change a person's heart. Only God can change a person's life. Fourth question. Is the type of baptism important? You've heard that some churches sprinkle water. Some people, some churches do it when they're infants. Some people pour it. Some people don't do it at all. Is the type of baptism important? Well, in Romans 6, 4, baptism is described. Listen carefully. Therefore, we were buried with him in baptism just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Friend, the word baptize, in the original Bible language, that word baptize itself tells us how it should be done. The original word in the Bible for baptize means to immerse. It means to submerge in the water. So that's one reason. The practice of the early church tells us how it should be done. Did you know that Jesus was baptized this way? Listen carefully in Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized, submerged by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me? But Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting. For us to fulfill all righteousness, then John allowed him. And when he had been baptized, immersed, submerged, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens opened up to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In fact, did you know that when believers were baptized in the book of Acts, this immersion is the way they did it? Every time. Every time believers were baptized, this is the way it happened. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, on the day of Pentecost, those believers gladly received Peter's word and they were baptized. About 3,000 were added that day. In Acts chapter 8, when the people of Samaria believed Philip, the things that they, he preached about the things of God, and in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. In eight, Acts 8.38, when the Ethiopian eunuch was saved, he commanded the chariot to stop, and both he and Philip went down into the water, and he was baptized. In Acts chapter 9, when Paul was converted, something fell from his eyes like scales, and he received his sight, and the first thing he did is he was baptized. In Acts chapter 10, in the home of the Roman centurion, Cornelius, Peter shared, whoever believes in Jesus will receive the forgiveness of sins, and while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came upon those who heard his word. And he commanded them, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Acts 16, after an earthquake, 
after an earthquake happened at that midnight worship service in a Philippian jail. The jailer come running down to Paul and Silas, trembling and bowed down before them and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, you believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. And he and his whole household were. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all his house. And get this, immediately after that, immediately they were baptized. Finally, the picture of baptism itself tells us how it should be done. Baptism pictures the death, burial, and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. It pictures the death of self and the rising of a new believer in Christ to walk in the newness of life. So listen carefully. Here's some things you need to know about baptism this morning. Baptism doesn't miraculously or mysteriously wash away your sins. Baptism does not grant you access to heaven. Baptism does not automatically make you a part of God's family. Listen carefully. Baptism is a call to commitment for the believer. A call to commitment for the believer. It is a call to the believer to commit that he or she will forsake the ways of the world. It is a call to commitment that they will completely live for Christ for the rest of their days. Simply put, baptism is the act by where somebody is completely immersed in water in response to receiving salvation from Jesus. It's just what believers do. However, it's a very, very important step of obedience for the believer. Listen carefully. If you're already a Christian and you've already been baptized, I want you to reconsider this morning what that baptism symbolized. That you did the same thing that Jesus did. That you were put to death, buried, and raised to life in Christ. I want you to reconsider that it was by God's command that you were baptized. That you were being an obedient son of God. You were being an obedient daughter of the Most High God. So I want to ask you these questions. In your call to commitment, remember the day right now when you were baptized. Everybody remember it? Some of you had a hard time, aren't you? You remember the day you were baptized? Did you just go through the motions? On that day when you were baptized, do you remember it? Did you get wet? But then when you came up out of the water, 
You found that you were still living parts of the old life? Do you remember the day you were baptized? Is your life still demonstrating that you're dead to sin, but that you're alive in Christ? Do you remember when you were baptized? Do you remember that day? Do you remember where it was? Do you remember what, what made you want to be baptized? Did you hear God saying, be obedient, my daughter. Be obedient, my son. Friends, if the answer to any of these questions was yes, you did just go through the motions, you are still living the old life, you're not really demonstrating a life that's been given to Christ. I want you to know something this morning. I want you to know that there is absolutely no shame in wanting to be baptized again. No shame at all. This water is warm. It always hasn't been. Amen. The water is warm, and Christ eagerly awaits your obedience. So remember that day? Do you remember the day you were baptized? Following the command of God as your first step of testimony that you no longer were your own, but you belonged to Christ. Do you remember that day? You can be baptized today if you want to. I'll stay in here till my toes shrivel up like prunes. Amen. But perhaps you say, you know, I'll just seek you out afterwards, Bill. We'll talk about it and set it up then. All I want you to do is to be obedient to God. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Friend, have you given your life to Christ? If you've given your life to Christ, have you followed the first step of obedience that God commands the believer to do? Today can be the day where you handle both of those in the same morning if you choose. My prayer is, is that you will come to Christ and that you will follow him in a May I pray for you this morning? Father God, we rejoice at this opportunity. Father, not only to see those who have given their lives to Christ, but to also witness them follow the first step of obedience to the command of God. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would use their lives for your glory and that great and mighty things would occur as a result of not what they do,